From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Get it started, Schofield the company. I don't know who, I don't know what this song is. Who you sang it? I've heard it before. Hold on, you don't know the relevance? Nothing. This is Demond putting a stamp on the show right away. By the way, this is this is going full professional rest. That was that's good producing too. That's that's Hulk Hogan's theme song. Oh, okay. Isn't it right? One hundred percent. You are correct. Is Real it American? Is it a song that was constructed for Hulk Hogan, or was it a song that was before That's he a used great it? Great question. I just assume it was for Hulk Hogan. I'm going to assume it was made just for Hulk Hogan, man. Okay. They're also at that time. So he fights for every man at that time of professional wrestling, which is when I was watching it, and I grew up and stopped. On like some people in this room, uh, I believe there was like a definitely a C- not me by the way. There was like no, I'm talking about come on. <laughs> I, I think there was like a CD of like songs, and I think some of them were performed by the actual wrestler. And some of them were just their theme song. So like just like a tr- like a CD of like wrestler intros yeah. and tracks. And Do you stuff? want me to go in my car and grab my WWF <laughs> the music CD right now? Do you, have, Do you have it? I have a version of it. Yes. Wow. They would put out. Different- but that was a thing, right? Yeah. WWF the music. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Honky Tonk Man. One was on there. I think he sang his own. I honestly, the wrestling thing totally passed me by when I was growing up. Never, never, never watched it. Never got <laughs> into a, it. I had a brief moment. Like I, there's a run. My like my kids now like to like tackle each other and do. I feel like I want to show them that now because I feel like sure. No, but I also feel doing, like they'll be doing leg drops and yeah. Like yeah. I feel like wrestling today is not anywhere near where it was like where it used to be. You know, I like my wrestlers to die young and do all sorts of stuff. Like <laughs> okay. those are the things that you want, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. If you get your kids doing, you know, trying to do four fifties and Canadian destroyers. Someone's going to break something. Yeah. Okay, the Canadian Destroyer is not a real thing. It's, like, it's not? It sounds much more like a something that's on Urban Dictionary than something that's in a, a wrestling Canadian ring. Destroyer. It's a real sure move. It's something. It's oh, it totally is. All right, I'm looking at it. The five most devastating Canadian Destroyers in Impact I, Wrestling. By the way, I almost just got us fired, so let's just move on from this. I don't want to make any comments. Well, I mean, a show. So if you haven't guessed, I'm John Von Tobel. Adam Hill is here. Steve Cofield has decided to take a long weekend. He'll be back after the 4th of July. The show has started exactly where we wanted it to, which is off the rails. It's how we do it. I mean, it, it, really, it's DeMond's fault with that song to just completely distract me. Wow. I'm still watching these Canadian Destroyers. Does it involve the hockey stick, or is that like something different? Uh, it was created by Petey Williams, so you know uh, they had Team Canada and Impact, so I'm sure it was just a gimmick that they were running. Okay, all right. Wow, look at that. i got to get into wrestling again. There's probably a treasure trove of things I can watch, huh? I think there was another big event on over the weekend. Money in the Bank. Oh, I saw London. that. Logan Paul? Yeah. He's he, a wrestler he now? Win. Mm-hmm. He didn't win. No. Is he good? Oh, he's he's amazing. Really? He's not as good as Bad Bunny, I hear. Bad Bunny is like real legit. No, no. Logan Paul is a better wrestler, but with Bad Bunny, it's more of a novelty of just, oh, he's getting in here and doing it, and he's one of the biggest stars in the world. But Logan Paul, no, you can put him in the ring with anybody, and he can have a good match. Wow. All right. Also, I mean, I know I'm, I've, I'm a fan, and I'm biased about it. McAfee's really good too. Is he? I saw his, some of his matches. Like he's he he's incredible. Well, he, I, I would assume he plays the character very well. His character is just kind of him, though. Right. It's just him. Yeah. Just him, kind of not literally. Oh, maybe on steroids. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Needs that juice. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> you never know. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. 
What an accusation. That's I, our I, coworker now. I, I, didn't, I didn't accuse of anything. It just, you know, recklessly I'm, I'm, speculating. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I assumed he did it well. You holding up? You, you, you doing all right? You were kind of in a bad mood earlier. Was I? Yeah, well, we were talking about uh, Twitter. And what happened over the weekend. Why are you reminding me of this? Because I So NBA free agency was, was opened up on Friday. And for me, that's, hey, I'm going to take time to just sit there and scroll through Twitter and just sit there and refresh over and over again because I want up-to-date news to see what's going on. I got all these guys that are on alert. So when that happens, take notes as it happens, want to see what's happening. And like later in the day, I got hit with like a, what is it? A rate limit rate exceeded? Limit exceeded. And it told me to wait a couple of moments. So I was like, all right, moments are short. I'll wait. Those moments turned into 24 hours. What happened? Elon Musk sucks. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, and I, for those that – I know people have made this political. Stop. Stop. Because obviously there's a lot of people that just said, well, it's going to suck no matter what. This guy feels a certain way politically. It's going to suck. And people wanted to hate it. And that's fine. Others were like – He's great. Whatever he does is great. I talked to somebody this weekend that was like, he's doing a great job, I think. What? Objectively, stop feeling what you feel about a certain person that's running it. This app has grown to suck, and I am the bi- was the biggest Twitter advocate on the planet. Isn't the goal for a website to get as many people off of it as possible? Well, not if you don't pay your server bills. But, yes, I thought so. I thought that was the plan. And, and for... For most people, I don't think the rate limit's going to matter, and they're going to raise it, and that's fine, or whatever. It's up to a thousand for non Twitter blue, whatever. Even if you're, even if you're Twitter blue, though, the way that we use, and look, this is, I guess, to some degree, this is something that we talk about all the time. Of like, don't live in your own world, think of real world, and and that. Um, for us, who use Twitter a certain way, especially for our jobs, even. No matter how much you subscribe, or pay for it. Like a rate limit is going to cripple your ability to use the app. Mm. Because I, I just mentioned to you, Saturday is coming up. Saturday's a UFC event. Like at some point, I just can't check Twitter anymore. No matter how many how many views I have, it's it's going to run out. And so now it, it affects the ability to do the job because now you're seeing like a fighter might tweet after the fight, hey, the, you know. I'm okay, or I'm in the hospital, or they might some, something might happen that you have to monitor. I'm out, not because not by choice. They won't let me. It it just it sucks. It just sucks, and that's this is one small example of many that have been a disaster. I mean, the fact that there's public safety anybody stuff, right? there's public safety issues we mentioned the other day, uh, or I mentioned to you off the air, but the other day there was a National Weather Service update from a local place that had a bunch of storms and a potential tornado and they said well i know most of you can't see this tweet because your rate limit's up but there might be a tornado coming so maybe check us out on facebook <laughs> like that that's what we're dealing with like there is a public safety element to this too for some people that have not, not, not able to see that's silly silly that that's a thing so stop it and this is not the only example like there's there's been a ton of things that have gone wrong with twitter the last couple of months that are a disaster, that have made what was, in my mind, one of the greatest apps ever invented almost unusable. If people if people follow a lot, like I know, you know, some listeners follow me. Like I haven't been tweeting much. I can't even get on. Right. And what's the point of it anyway? Like nobody can see it anymore. Yeah. I uh, I definitely cut into, like over the weekend, my Twitter use. I guess that's Elon doing it for us, well, man. He wants us to see the real world. He wants us to experience life. By the way, I've been out. 
I've I've been exceeded for over 24 hours now, and I've I've been able to check anything to over 24 hours. It's because you're part of the mainstream media. It's probably it's probably true. <laughs> it's fine. They're trying to run us out. But then, and here here's the other part. Those and I said, people, if you're like, don't think about it politically. People that are opposed to Elon Musk politically too, they're like, we're starting our own now. Stop. No, like this is established in there, and you have you have years and years of of you know of collating a a a perfect list of people you're following and you get news from the same places and right. like there's there's all this work that you've done to put into this and and now it's gone it's curating not collating on the yeah. of you've curated this follow list and now all of a sudden it's like oh we're going to here and now okay so i'm gonna have to go to this app for you know to follow this 35 people and then i'm gonna have to go to this app to follow this 28 people like stop separating the audience too let's just figure out a way to work make twitter work how about that? Check out my Discord by the server, way, by the way. How about just go back six months ago when Twitter worked great? That was, yeah. It was perfect. Did something happen six months ago? Uh, I, you know, I first thought, so whatever, when this started happening, my initial thought, because it was weird, so on Friday, and this is how I don't understood how the rules worked. So on Friday, my rates started, to, like I exceeded it, right, late Friday. But I have guys like Woj and Shams Sharanya on alerts because, you know, they're tweeting stuff out for NBA free agency. So every time they tweeted – I was still able to see it, but I was not allowed to see any of the responses, and I wasn't allowed to see my own profile, so I didn't understand how it really worked. And my actual thought was, man, Woj and Shams, this must screw them over. But no, because they don't, I'm, per, I'm sure they don't view anything on Twitter. No. I think they just fire away, yeah. and they don't really care about looking at anything else themselves. Because did you see this Instagram post from Shams? He posted, like, you know, we get your screen update, your weekly screen update. His average dropped to 19 hours a day on his phone. I don't look That's, at mine intentionally. It's insane. I intentionally don't look. Do you look at yours? On uh, what? Your own your, tweets? Your, your, no, your screen time. Um, yeah, when it pops up. It's not bad. Let me see. I want to find mine. Yeah, Let me tell I, you I don't. Um, I, I, I know I don't because it was that was a subject in the Raiders media room one day. Everybody okay. kind of going around and like, how much? what's your screen time? What's your screen time? And I know mine was excessively bad. So I was like, I don't want to look at this anymore. I don't want to know. I've tried to do better. Like, in my mind, I was like, all right, try to cut back on this a little bit. But during the NFL season, I was up around, like, 13. Let's see. This last week, my average, my daily average was four hours and 18 minutes. That's a lot. That's weird, though, because I don't – see, that's the thing, because I don't realize, like, I don't do it that much. Does that just count for, like, checking if I get a text message or something? Well, I think if you unlock the screen. If I unlock the screen, okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I will say – Two hours in, like, a couple of hours are dedicated to reading apps. I do read on this thing. Okay. So. <laughs> this thing. Yeah. That's fu- yeah. Some my, of them might be comics, but it still counts. It's still yeah. reading. Off season, I do a much better job. Okay. During the season, it, yeah, like I said, it's like 13 hours a day. It's, it's insane. So I, I'm like, I don't want to look anymore. I don't want to know. But I do try to do better. I do try to let it inform, you know, some decision making of, like, stay off a little bit. But it's hard. It's hard during the season. Well, it's not going to be as hard this year. But, if I can't use Twitter right. all day. <laughs> then I guess it'll be a little bit easier. And it sucked, too, because it was a pretty cool weekend for NBA news, NHL news as well. We get on Saturday, like, and again, that's the part that sucked because I also like the discourse around stuff. So Saturday the news comes down, like, it's finally happened. Damian Lillard has requested a trade. And I'm like, cool. Oh, rate limit exceeded. Okay, I can't really, can't really check anything out. I can't see what other people are seeing. I, I can't really understand what's happening right now. But I know that he's requested a trade. It did also make me think, good Lord. I just I don't know how you did it back in the day. 
No. Like you just get like news and like you just read stories and that it. You don't have conversations about anything. I it's I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, you can even read news. It's hard to even find news. That's a good point. Before there was phones. Right. That's a really good point. Just my daily missive, huh? Yeah. Like, what's in the paper today? I said I I made this comment not too long ago about um I've met I've met friends at like games before. I met some friends down at the Padres game. What on earth did you people do? Oh. Before there was phones. Not only that. You're like, hey, I'll meet you at the game. Where? <laughs> what are you talking I, about? I almost every time I go out shopping with my wife, I lose her. I have no idea. I'm like, how'd you find each other back in the day? <laughs> no you just idea. stand at the front of the store like an animal, just Yell? wait. Yes. I, I've I I don't know how like why did people even try to live? <laughs> if you didn't have a phone, just end it. Okay, I don't know about that. What are you do what are you seems, doing all day? Seems extreme. Why? Simple things like movie times. What would you do? Can you right imagine now? going to a theater and not knowing the movie times ahead? What, what like, would you do right now if you're not allowed to use a phone anymore? Oof. I'd be a parent, huh? I'd spend more time with my kids. No, and then but don't your kids mostly just get on tablets and phones? Not all the true. Time? I, we live at screen time in this house. Okay, so goes for them, not for you. No. <laughs> okay, exactly. Of course not. Exactly. Monkey. Yeah, you're not you're limiting think, screen time. Your kids are playing. Yeah. What's the phrase? Do as I say, not as yeah. I do. So I I honestly don't know why like I wouldn't obviously I wouldn't just say like just kill yourself why would you why would you even function anymore you just go in the forest or something yeah I have the, I guess you used to you, you used to look at newspapers for movie times huh what if you don't have one call movie phone remember that <laughs> well it was a great Seinfeld episode sure it's two 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 film is the number I believe is it yeah is it still I, a thing. Let's call it. Let's call it during the break. We'll, we'll find out if it's still a thing. But even then, you got to sit through a whole menu of options. Yeah, that's the tough part. You couldn't do it. I I'll, I'll say that I I got angry in the car the other day because I was listening to a non over the air radio service. <laughs> I want to promote it. Okay. Uh, and they have like I didn't. I try not to get on my phone in the car. I do it all the time, but I try not to as much as possible. And I wanted to find out what channel on this service a baseball game was was airing. And there's like a menu. So you turn it on, and it's like, this game's on this channel. This mm. game's on. And I was like, why is this taking so long? Right. It's like 45 seconds. What are we doing? I don't want, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm spoiled by technology. Give me my, yes, give me my phone. Just let me look it up. Let me Google something. And I'm totally down with it, too, by the way. I agree. I don't know if That's I would great. be able to live without technology. You, you can't. I legitimately do wonder. So, okay, we're going to meet at the game. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, you went to some baseball games recently too, but, yeah. like, if you're going to meet friends there, you you can't. You say, like, I'll be at this spot at 345. What if they're out there? Oh, how long do you wait? You're just waiting all day? Yeah, do you just wait until? Do you give it 10 oh minutes and then you go? It's an absolute <laughs> that'd be, nightmare. That would be ridiculous. Wow. I'm really, you know, I'm really grateful for everything that we have now. Thank God for the phone. So it was a busy weekend. Damian Lillard, it seems like he is uh, on his way out of Portland, requested a trade. Uh, when we come back, let's talk about that. We'll build on it, uh, see exactly what Dame potentially wants in this deal. I thought it was a weird situation handled both ways. And really, like a team-building thing, because he has made a request for a certain team. But if I'm Portland, I'm saying, screw you. I'm getting the best package possible. I was talking after a game like a week ago, and I was just like, they was asking me about Dame, but like to win a ring. And, and I'm like, bro, I don't need to prove to y'all that I want to win a ring. Why the hell do I play? Like, I don't need to prove that to y'all, but we cannot keep acting like, while I understand we play to win championships, we all want to win a championship. We can't keep acting like nothing matters 
like the rest of the stuff, the journey doesn't matter. We can't keep doing that. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. It's Damian Lillard on JJ Reddick's podcast, Old Band of the Three. Solid podcast, by the way. I like it. I think you should check out his new endeavor on DraftKings YouTube page as well. <laughs> what a show. <laughs> I got a cool, uh, actually cool, it's literal. I got a, uh, I got a big box at my doorstep today. Okay. I was like, "What is this?" I'm like, I don't know what this is from. It didn't it told me it was just from a distribution center on the, the you know the from. I was like, I didn't order anything, and I opened it up, and it was a cooler, like a high quality cooler, from my corporate overlords at DraftKings. Wow, so appreciate it. So the big those logo guys are awesome. Yeah, okay, it's nice, actually a pretty good nice. cooler too. Solid. It, and it comes a week after I bought a cooler for the first time ever. How weird does that work? You take that back. Yeah, it was like a week, it was like a week like fifteen dollar Walgreens one. Okay. I just needed it for a pool visit. Nice. So Damian Lillard requests a trade, finally. I think this whole situation is kind of dumb and has been handled terribly by both sides. I posed the question we were leaving because this is – I've been kind of adamant on this for a really long time, which is if I'm the Portland Trailblazers, I am telling Dame months ago, bro, the windows don't match anymore. We're done. We appreciate it. We're not building a championship contender this year. doesn't make any sense. We've got young talent – the core can be pretty young. The return we're going to get for you can be somewhat decent, obviously. Like, let's just – let's say our thing. Let's go goodbyes and let's trade you off to somebody. But they did this weird thing where, like, they were telling Dame, like, hey, man, we're going to try. We're going to do this for you. And they didn't really do anything at all except to make the team younger and ship off a whole bunch of bodies, right, and got nothing back for them. Then in the draft, of course, you're going to hold on to Scoot Henderson. That's a good pick to have, and they draft him, and all accounts are going to keep him. Free agency starts – they promised Jeremy Grant a um, hundred and what sixty million dollars, whatever it was, in hopes of like making Dame happy. And then Lillard looks around, and is like, "Well, the good free agents are gone. I'm out of here." Like, I just, I don't understand how this whole thing happened. And for Portland, if you did this earlier, you probably couldn't have gotten a lot back more, like a lot more back, because all of this is kind of settled. And there's a lot of bad packages out there. And for Lillard, like, it's the same thing. Like, you could have gone to a contender earlier. I just don't understand what happened at all, at all. It was. I mean, I think it's just Dame Dame trying too much to be the guy that doesn't do it, right? And and he waited, and like you said, he waited too long. It could have been handled much better earlier. But in his mind, he was trying to be the good soldier of like, let me see what they can do. I'm gonna stick it out because I want to be the guy that stays here and build something here instead of going somewhere else. And it just wasn't gonna work. So I think it was more stubbornness and maybe an an overcommitment to. Doing "quote unquote" the right thing, or doing the the unconventional thing, doing the loyalty thing, uh, which caught them both in a bad situation. Um, you know, it just it, it's it's tough for both sides now, as you said, because now they're not going to get the return. He's probably, I mean, he's going to force a trade where he wants, and it probably be Miami, I would assume, at some point. But, but who knows? So let me ask you that really quickly: How can he force it? He doesn't. It's not Bradley Beal. For those who don't know, Bradley Beal had a no trade clause that watered down his value. He forced his way wherever he wanted. It's not the same with Dame. No, like, but but I think because Portland has, I feel like I, I feel Portland is trying to do the right thing too with him. Like they both sides have been trying to be virtuous, mm-hmm. which doesn't usually work out for people. Cutthroat and ruthless is the way to go. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't put that into practice, but I think that's the way you get ahead. I mean, successful for look. We just have a, we have a Stanley Cup winner here in Las Vegas. That does. But I, I feel like they both sides were trying to be too nice about this, too good too virtuous about it, and they both caught themselves in this spot. So I think Portland at some point has to stay committed to being virtuous to their guy 
because the one thing they get out of this, I think, in the long run, is not the deal they wanted, but they do get to say, hey, we are the place that took care of our guy. So that's interesting because Chris Haynes essentially had that report where he uh, he goes out and reports, quote, players are watching how the Blazers are going to treat Dame. I think the Blazers should look to see how they can get him to Miami, but also figure out how they can get the best package trying to go out of your way to be appease both sides. Both sides? Yeah. So the other side is the players that aren't even involved in this? That's silly. Uh, but I think, that is, I think that's a big part of it, of – Hey, look, if we're not going to get the the players and the picks and the package that we want for him, at least we can get the high road. At least we can get the standard of, hey, we did everything we could for our guy. We took care of our employee. Just like any workplace that you're in out there of, hey, it gets around that you treated your people well. You were cool on the way out. You wrote them a recommendation letter. You were like, hey, if you ever need to come back, you're welcome. The door's open. Like We did everything we could for our former employee. And you're trying to be that place. Now, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if some player in the future is going to be like, oh, you know what, I'm going to take a little bit less from Portland because they were really nice to Dame. Right. I don't know that it's going to work, but I think that's what they're going for. I mean, I think success just erodes, like erases everything, right? If they tell Dame, sorry, buddy, we're shipping you off to Oak, uh, San Antonio, even though he reportedly would like – like that makes no sense. He would reportedly like to go there, even though What's he's not – with Wemby? Right. Like, I just, I, I, that doesn't make any sense. But, like, if they really – like, you know, Utah's got the best package. Sorry, you're going to Utah. Like, that's – is that really going to, like, in four years, if they draft some player and it's ready to renegotiate, he's like, nope, I remember what you did to Dame four years ago. Can't do it. I'm out. I just don't get in. Can I ask you, the journalist? I mean, the way a report from Chris Haynes looks like that. I mean, what is that? I don't. I don't know. That that, that smacks of like putting pressure on Portland to sure. do the right thing. Yeah, that's like that's not a report other than putting pressure on the Trailblazers to I, to help Damian Lillard. I would comment on it, but I can't open Twitter, so I don't know. I'm I don't know where to. to I don't know where to find it. I'm reading it to you right here. Uh, no, no, I just I want to go back to the fact that I'm trying to look it up, and I can't. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you a screenshot. Thank you. Um, yeah, like it's – there's a lot of – especially this time of year in the NBA circles in terms of reporting, there's a lot of favors being done on both sides. And that does sound like a favor, probably from Dame's side. Hey, put this out. Let, let people know, like, hey, it'd be real cool if they just took care of him. I, I don't think really, that's what's going on. I don't really get it. Now we will. We're going to get to the other side of this, which is like the the ramifications, especially like the sports betting ramifications. Some spots have the like the Heat as like a nine to one favorite now to win the NBA championship, which is absolute insanity. And we'll also talk about whether or not there is something there in terms of the other team being a champion. We're going to get the Portland perspective on it too in the five o'clock hour because Danny Moraine is going to be with us, host of ten eighty the fan out in Portland. Get the Trailblazers perspective on what's going to happen with Damian Lillard when we come back though. Let's talk real sport. Yeah. Slam ball, baby. Mason Gordon, inventor, commissioner of slam ball, is going to join us next here on Cofield and Company. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Steve Cofield out for today. He will be back after the holiday tomorrow. Fourth of July. You have sheepish young, not young. You have sheepish animals. I do. Well, one. One of them? It's not all of them? No, I only have two. I have two dogs. Okay. Uh, one, the older one, who uh, she's getting up there. She's never uh, she's never really had a problem with the fireworks or with any real, you know, 
issues that dogs usually have. She's kind of like human-like in a lot of characteristics. Like she gets impatient and she's like, I, I want you to be around, but I don't want you always hovering over me kind of thing. Like okay. she's her own thing. Uh, she's amazing. Always been perfect. The boy is just a nightmare in every way and is a terrified, terrified little brat in so many situations. Really? Fireworks being the biggest of those situations. Uh, it's, first of all, it's already been all weekend. And I, I don't, Are you getting some early firings? Oh, my some God. Some premature last night, shots? Last night, 2 in the morning. Really? Yeah. And like, so here, it's a problem. He's very trained. Like, he's very house trained. He goes outside, uses the doggy door, goes to the bathroom, whatever. Uh, he won't go outside. So then he just goes in the, in the house. I'm like, come on, man. You got to go outside. You can't be that scared. Right. Like, what are you doing? It's bad. So he usually hides behind the toilet in the bathroom downstairs Okay. whenever the fireworks start. Feels safe. I guess that's his safe space. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to watch. And I don't, I don't, I know there's people who are like, everybody sucks for shooting fireworks off. Like, I get people are going to live their life and do their thing. Right. Like, I get my dog's going to have to put up with that. I don't like that it's eight days of it. Like, do that's it the night of. Yeah, that's the thing. Do it the night of. Like, f- last Friday, we needed fireworks in the neighborhood. No, we didn't. But, you know, I'm, so I'm not going to complain that people do it, but it is something that I definitely have to deal with every year and every holiday, basically. Well, let's get another opinion on this. Mason Gordon, <laughs> inventor, commissioner for Slam Balls, nice enough to give us some time here on Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Mason, thank you much for the, uh, very much for the time. Uh, let's start with what we were talking about. You big fireworks guy? Do you enjoy the random fireworks going off throughout neighborhoods on the 4th of July and the weeks leading up? I'm a big fireworks, like, fan, I guess. I really like... <laughs> I really like when July 4th comes around, um, but my dogs hate it. And my dogs, like, run away and hide every time they hear it. So I'm sort of conflicted. All right, well, you are going to hear plenty of it. Uh, here in Las Vegas, people love setting off yeah. their fireworks. And you're here now. Slam Ball is here. I guess first, let's just get into why Las Vegas was the was the place that you guys wanted to, I don't know if we're calling it a relaunch. Like, how are we kind of describing the return of Slam Ball? Let's. Uh, I think you just na- hit the nail on the head. Let's just go with that and call it relaunch day, July 21st on ESPN and at Cox Pavilion. You can see Slamball live. What an opportunity. Slamball has been all around the world, throughout Asia, throughout Europe, and now it's coming live back to Las Vegas, back on American soil by popular demand. So uh, the answer is that Las Vegas has, you know, absolutely apex sports credibility, it's rapidly becoming the sports epicenter of the country, and it's also got high-end entertainment viability, and, you know, Slam Ball is one of the most amazing, entertaining sports on the planet, so couldn't do any better than Las Vegas. So uh, walk us through the, the lead-up in terms of why you decided to, to you know, bring this thing back, because for people like me, I was like 11 and 12 when, this, when Slam Ball first came around. Yeah. I was ecstatic yeah. when I heard that this thing was coming back. So what came into the process of like, you know what? No, we're bringing this thing back. You know what it is, is that uh, all those years ago, while this was on cable television, uh, it really pressed the button in the hearts and minds of a lot of people. And it, that was a button that never really got unpressed. So as the years went on, Slamball has taken on kind of a mythic quality in a lot of people's minds and has really come to occupy this idea of a hybrid sport between basketball and football. 
that blends those skill sets together. And what's so cool is that that's the eternal argument, right? Are basketball athletes better or are football athletes better? And they play together in slam ball. Nowhere else are you going to find a small forward from a major NCAA college program lining up across from a defensive back from Nebraska, across from a point guard from North Carolina, across from a linebacker from Michigan State. So that's what I think is so exciting about slam ball is it's a true hybrid in the same way that the UFC hybridizes fighting styles. Slam ball brings together all these different team sports elements into something that's fast and fun. It's the voice of Mason Gordon. We are we are bringing slam ball back. We're excited up at Cox Pavilion. <laughs> A big, a big run coming up. So, uh, I mean, obviously, I guess for for the first question, like we we love slam ball. We talk about it quite a bit. Me and John are excited about it. But there are people that haven't seen it. I think for those that are romanticizing and remembering it, we're excited. But for those that haven't seen it, how would you describe it to them? Yeah, slam ball is hostile, mobile, and agile. It's four on four hockey style substitutions. You score the ball like you do in basketball, but there are competition spring beds built into the floor that propel players up to 20 feet into the air, which creates a whole new creative and artistic canvas for these athletes uh, to express themselves in the air while they're trying to dunk all over the dedicated defensive player called the stopper, who's analogous to a goalie in hockey. So it's got so such an incredible blend of different team sports if you love basketball, if you love football, if you're missing the Golden Knights already, you should come check out Flamball. Uh, it's really, it's really the most fun that you can have in a team sports environment. So I was reading a great piece the other day, and the question was posed to you by a certain writer about why Flamball never really took off, and there was a comparison made to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So, uh, interestingly enough. When I was uh, when I was uh, younger, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out as a dark, violent comic book for adults, <laughs> and a lot of people would have a hard time imagining that. But back in the day, like Leonardo and Raphael were chopping people's heads off, and there was blood and guts and all kinds of stuff in those comic books, and people loved it, but not enough people loved it because it was talking to a very small market. And then once it got formatted differently and formatted for kids, it kind of took over the entire culture and is one of the most successful IPs of all time. So Flamball was, uh, you know, a lot of things when it was on cable television. It was a real sport, but it was also a TV show. We would shoot all the games, and then we would release the games three months later, and that's no way to build a sport. So... Our excitement level is that now on ESPN, on the worldwide leader, we've, we've formatted Flamball in the way that people always wanted it to be, live, engageable, embeddable, a real sport, a real league. So that's where Flamball is coming out on the other side, and we're so excited to debut it in front of everyone in a, in a few short weeks here, and we think it's going to make a gigantic splash. Well, we're fired up for sure. Uh, I have a couple more questions about Slam Ball, but I did want to veer sure. off a little bit because yep. I'll, I'll ask it this way. Has there been a successful sports documentary that you have not been a part of? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, when I started 
Flamball, it was with my partner and co-founder, Mike Tolan. And Mike Tolan has become like one of the greatest, if not the greatest, documentary filmmakers and producers behind documentaries, uh, you know, in the modern era. You're talking about The Last Dance. You're talking about Redeem Team, both Emmy winners, uh, The Captain, uh, the Iverson documentary, Kareem. He does them all, and he does them at an incredibly high level. And when Slamball, when I got back from Asia, uh, where, where I was out there for Slamball, he was launching his company, Mandalay Sports Media, and he got me involved. And his whole pitch to me was, hey, you know, I want to get you involved with the biggest leagues, the biggest star players in these leagues, the biggest executives, so that when Slamball comes back around, which we both know it will, you're ready for that moment as an executive, an operator, and as a storyteller. So hopefully a little bit of that storytelling magic from Mike Tolan has rubbed off on me over the years, and I can help communicate what's so special about this sport and what's so special about these players. I never know how accurate IMDb is all the time, but I did see you listed on the Comedy Store documentary as well, which I don't think got enough play. That thing was amazing. Uh, thank you. My colleague Jonathan Vogler gets all the credit for that. Jonathan really dug in there with the comedians and the, and the Shore family over at the Comedy Store and really lived that documentary series day in and day out. So, uh, you know, big props to Jonathan and I, I certainly uh, tried to help wherever I could. Um, along those lines, uh, is there is there something you mentioned? Some of these really ultra successful ones that we all know. Is there a documentary that you were involved in, or you heard your hand in in some way that not enough people saw that we should check out? Yeah, I made a documentary that I put a year of my life into, and it got completely mixed at the eleventh hour and the fifty ninth minute. It was two days away from releasing. And uh, all of a sudden, it couldn't come out because of some legal reasons. So it just got put in a drawer. And it's, I'm sad. I can't talk about it. But it's sad to say that uh, that was a documentary that I was dying for people to see. And uh, I really put a lot of myself into. So thankfully, I have this kind of creative outlet with Flamball where I can kind of pour all that uh, frustration and agita into something new that people are excited about. We're talking. Excuse me. We're talking about Mason Gordon, inventor and commissioner for Slam Ball. So, Mason, I want to go back to a point that you know, a word that you said really quickly when you're talking about Slam Ball, uh, bettable. So, you want this to be something that's offered on boards in terms of something uh, being something to uh, bet on, live wagering, all that stuff. Not only do I want to see that happen, but the sports wagering community really wants to see that happen. Uh, you, you can go to Twitter and do a quick Slam Ball search, and you'll see that some of the biggest sports books out there are, are really excited about Slamball as a property. I think that's because it's really adjacent to both basketball and football. It's played between basketball and football seasons by basketball and football background athletes in roughly equal numbers. And that, that's a really exciting uh, zip code to be in as a sport because the wagering community knows that betters want one action 365 days a year and there's this giant desert in the middle of the calendar and the idea that slam ball can be a fast and fun game that uh that basketball and football fans can bet on during the off season and get emotionally invested in that's that's a really exciting proposition there are odds in places the mob are the favorite to win slam ball 2023 at three to one Does that sound right to you 
interestingly enough, like I keep looking around going, where, where is this insider information coming from? Who's in our training camp right now? I feel like it's uh, Marvel's secret invasion over there and somebody's going to turn into a scroll. Um, but interestingly enough, like th- these teams are just now getting into our preseason scrimmage schedule and we're really just getting our first look at them. Uh, but it's, it's a pretty exciting field and there's a lot of parody. Uh, I'm, I'm excited as, uh, I'm as excited and also as in the dark as anyone else in terms of who the favorite might be when we tip off on uh, July 21st. And I do want to make sure people know, like, you know, when you watch this, I think maybe the first time you see it, you, you kind of think kind of, kind of gimmick on some level of like these guys are jumping so far in the air and how wild it is. This is not only a legitimate sport, it's played by legitimate athletes. Like these dudes are, are absolutely, you know, as you as you mentioned, former college stars, college standouts, guys that are really, really athletic and impressive. And by the way, they're also watching film and going through study sessions, and like they're preparing as athletes. And I, I think that's important to mention when you when you watch this that it's not just some thing of guys like doing gymnastics and you know doing aerial like you know choreographed routines or anything like that. Like this is a sport, and these guys are real. Definitely, and you saw that with your own eyes. Uh, these guys are incredibly impressive athletes, and we're not just looking for uh, you know guys that are that are on the fringe of other sports. We're looking for the hyperkinetic, explosive athletes that uh, who, whose God-given athletic ability has undeniable sports and entertainment value, and that's really where our focus is. We're interested in those. Athletes where in the air, athleticism rules, and uh, and flamball players are born uh, as much as made, and we we really think that the attractiveness of the sport and the depth of strategy is really going to surprise a lot of people. When you watch flamball and you tune in, you can understand what's happening pretty quickly on a surface level, but as you start to learn the rules and start to peel back the strategic layers, it gets really exciting just how much there is to this sport to get excited about. We're excited for sure. Mason Gordon from Slam Ball. Tell everybody again, how can they check it out both live and on television? ESPN, July 21st. We're so excited. It's going to be uh, 4 p.m. local time, 7 p.m. Eastern. And also, come see it live. If you have any chance to see this sport live and in person, it will absolutely blow your mind. The geometry of it is just so stunning in person. So uh, tickets go on sale on Thursday, and we're so excited to be at the Cox Pavilion for a multi-week run. We're going from uh, July 21st to August 17th. Mason, we appreciate some time, although I will say, uh, last week I was on vacation. I heard my cohort here, Adam Hill, got to go put in a put in no, a dunk. I no, mean, no, when no, can I, I get in on this? It was huh? on the trip. It was good. It was, uh, it was nice. But I think, I think the more impressive thing is just how, like, how wild the – like, how far down you go and how right. far up you go. It's, it's insane. And the athleticism <laughs> – I, I talked to one guy who's just an elite basketball player – who said he was scared of heights at first and had to just get used to just the jumping, That's great. which is crazy. But, man, what a crazy sport. What an awesome sport. We're excited. I, me and John have talked about doing a Slam Ball podcast, so uh, maybe stay tuned for that on the horizon. We are really fired up for this. Yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, come see it live. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see you guys down at Cox Pavilion. You'll have, you'll have the best time. Will do, Mason. Thanks, we appreciate man. it, man. Thank you.
Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Got it. Yeah, I can't wait. Underrated, underrated play. We obviously it's called slam ball. By the way, Mason just bounces around on those. Like he just goes. Oh, I'm sure he's got to be used to it. It's incredible. The, and some um, of the guys, like I said, some of the guys told me they were like they're scared. Like what? Are, what is? What are we doing here? But they I, get used to it. It's my great. favorite plays in slam ball. Are meet like the dudes that meet each other at the rim for like a block. It's the best. It's, it's one of the best plays in sports. They were working on that timing, by the way. Yes, I saw them. I saw them working on the timing at this last one of like when you hit your trampoline compared to when the offensive guy hits his. It was wild. Oh man, I cannot wait. Slam ball? Yes, no. What's up? Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. On I think you're ball. too young. I don't think you saw it the first time. Yes, right? I did, man. At Spike TV. Come on. Yeah, how old are you? Like six? Maybe. Yeah. You okay. get that in a doubleheader. Two thousand two. Joe's. How old were you? Two thousand two. Six. Okay, wow. there you go. A good, good guess by me. By the way, that's a good shout too. Pros versus Joes. Oh, what a- bring that back too. Was what did a- Spike also have the uh, what was the reality show where everybody was an actor except for the Joe one Schmo? guy? Yeah, Joe Schmo yeah. was that on Spike too, yeah, right? I think it was. Man, I don't what know, a channel. I don't- it was good for we a while. Just bring back the entire channel. Deadliest Warrior. Oh yeah, that was, was a great good. show. Was good. Thousand Ways to Die, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. let's bring that back. Now. Back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, I need Demond's opinion on this. I was—I uh, made a big mistake. Ab and I went to go get something to eat right before the show, work on the show and all that kind of stuff, do some work. I was accosted by a man at a local diner. He saw my hat and he, he gave me one of the, uh, Go Giants! And I was like, yeah, go team. Are you a are you a go team guy? Will you will you find somebody who you're a Titans fan? Yeah. Will you see somebody with a Titans shirt and go go Titans? Now I'm more of just a point acknowledge guy. Ah, <laughs> those guys still suck. I'm not gonna say anything. You know, especially if you're just out. I like that though. You're just you, I'm just gonna point. You just see somebody wearing your. Give me I I will do a go blue if I see like a Michigan person, but like real quiet and just kind of walk by. But I will say, John, in John's case, it was a little different. I will do this, though. If you're wearing an NWO shirt, I'll two-sweet you. You and your wrestling. I was going to say, yeah, you should probably yeah. identify more with the wrestling stuff. Yeah. I engaged the guy as well. That was also the kind of the problem. No, no, no. no. I'm going to blame him. You did. I, so those inter- the longer those interactions go, the worse. Oh, yes. Right? Like, Every- you want it to be less than 10 seconds tops. But in this case, you were a little bit at fault because the guy was like, "Hey, Giants, huh?" Like, okay, how do you how are you supposed to respond to that? And I did. I was just like, "Yeah, I was I was just there. It's cool." But then he stops at the table. Yeah. And then you continue to like, yeah, just went up there on vacation with the family. But and I'm I like, just, oh, "Don't I, give him so oh, much information." Yeah. No, that's not how it went though. That's not fair. It is. So he said, "Go Giants," and I didn't know what to say. So my response was, "Yeah, was just up there." Like that was it. That was my response. It was not like I actually took the family out to you San did. Francisco. Like, like no, we had a lovely time. You told him the restaurants that you ate at because well, he kept asking me. Because well, because you here's can't. the thing. I said Go Giants was just up there. Then he came back with, "Oh, where are you from?" And I'm like, "Oh, actually, I wasn't from." You know what I mean? Like he kept peppering me with questions. How about not there? Turn your head right back to food. That's rude. And you're so famous. I thought that. What if he's an Adam Hill listener? I mean, I, that's, that's, <laughs> it happens, uh, but I I don't think it was really we were really in danger of that happening here. He seemed he had already kind of indicated that he was from. He sounded like he was a truck driver. 
He's like, ah, I just rolled through there last week. Wow. Oh, okay. I was going to say, wow, I did not pay attention to that <laughs> yeah. conversation. So I think was, I did not you were worried about being rude, but you're not even going to listen to what he has to yeah, say. Well, I was also worried about scooping the enormous amount of sour cream that was on top of my, also, my omelet your that fault. I had it no said, idea it was it on there. It said right on the menu that it was on there. That was a lot of sour cream, though. <laughs> and it was like really watery sour cream. Wasn't a big fan. <laughs> omelet itself was great. I just don't like the sour omelet cream. Omelet was great, but the, I, I will say, like, you, I do blame you for extending that conversation we just we don't need the go team interactions if i'm wearing the mem- if i'm wearing it i obviously want the team to do well can't we just i like the mons thing better can you just point and nod at me no we have to you do could, that? You, that could have happened you didn't allow it to happen that was that guy's fault